Sentire Media. You are listening to the Latavola Marche Radio Network. Good morning and welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to download our podcast from Italy. I'm Jason. Hello, and I'm Ashley. And today we'll just uh, spend the next half hour or so just recapping what's going on in our lives, what's going on in central Italy, and uh, our little town of Piobico. Listen, perhaps we should start calling it the Inconsistent Podcast, because we've been horribly inconsistent at putting it up. The last one we did was in November. Was it November? I thought it was December. It could have been the very end of December, but it was right after we went to the cheese. To Beltrami for the for oh, did we talk pasta. about that? Yes, that was the last podcast. Okay. Um, also, I want to pre-apologize. Um, I am totally have a head cold, so I'm super nasally, snotty, blowing my nose. So we might have to push pause and uh, let me cough a few times. All right, very good. It yes. is the 26th of January. It's 7:20 in the morning. The sun is coming up over a frozen central Italy. Uh, it's minus 11 degrees. <laughs> centigrade, and that is 12.2 degrees Fahrenheit, so says Google. This is when I'd insert a noise effect if I could. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, clear and cold, though. And nothing sounds like the snowmageddon my family's been having in Seattle, oh, Washington. <laughs> no. Clear and cold here, freezing in the morning, and then, you know, cold and clear in the afternoon, back to freezing at night. Well, we've been walking, um, watching our neighbor's dog, who's out of town, a big, gorgeous... No, the people are out of town, not the dog. Yes. Okay. So we're watching the dog for our neighbors, and it's a big Rhodesian Ridgeback, and he's gorgeous. Zoom. And so we've been taking him on walks in the morning for about an hour and a half, two hours in the morning, and then about 45 minutes or so, an hour in the afternoon. And it's been a great... excuse to walk the fields and the hills and everything, which we rarely do when we don't have an excuse to. Just to get to see some different views of the valley and mm-hmm. the house. Because we've, wa- we've watched him before, and we'll go up into the hills. This time we decided to go into the fields, and we didn't realize half the fields were connected either by passable the streams and lake, uh, streams and rivers, and you can just walk across, or some of them have like little paths just wide enough for a tractor or like four sheep to get through. And it's really cool kind of exploring the fields. And we saw rabbits and deer. Yep, we saw tons of porcupine holes. Oh, big time. They have, the porks are at work. They are. They I tear want to know, fields. if anyone knows, what time do porcupines go out at night? Is it talking close to midnight? Is it closer to two in the morning? I need to get night vision goggles. And I am interested because there are so many holes out there. I wonder if either there's just really busy porcupine, a few, they could be- or there's like hundreds. There could be boars, too. That's true. Digging up with their tusks. Well, whatever. There's a lot of holes out there. And it means we've been in the, out there in the morning early when it's cold. We have. That's what made me think of all this, because you said it's negative 11. And part of why I think we're doing the podcast is to procrastinate going on the walk with the dog. I know. He's sitting here. We're, we have the fire. Well, we have a sad fire kind of half lit here in the kitchen this morning. The dog is next to us. And, uh, we are. We're procrastinating because it is. It is just that blue cold out. The the sun's just coming up, and the valley looks blue. 
I just would like to say, we've been here for going on five years. Yep. It has taken us this long <laughs> to figure out how to properly heat this kitchen. Can we talk about this for a second? Absolutely. So, we live in a stone farmhouse that's <laughs> like 300 years old. No insulation. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool and romantic. Well, in the summer, it's perfect. Bare feet, toes. It's nice and cool. You don't need air conditioning. It's perfect. In the winter, it can be cold and miserable. It took us our first winter to acclimate. I mean, we would just be wearing gloves and we scarves and hats cold. inside. We, well, here's the thing. I used to think that the refrigerator was broken because it was warmer in the fridge than it was outside. And Jason... Outside, no, no, not outside, outside. Outside in in the kitchen. So Jason would say, no, no, you don't even have to put that in the fridge. Just leave it on the counter. The butter would still be rock solid hard. Nutella, same thing. Everything was just like a rock. And then last year we put up a... Well, here's the deal. We have a fireplace in the kitchen. We have no major... We don't turn on the heating in the winter. Uh, we, we can't afford to heat. This house is big. And to heat the to turn the heat on and heat the whole house is crazy. So you just heat the rooms you're in. Well, that's great. But we in our kitchen where Which, we... Sp- this is not how I grew up. No. I mean, <laughs> so, it, if you were cold in the winter, you'd turn the heat up. And yeah, walked and, around in t-shirt and shorts. Exactly. Today, I'm sitting in front of you in sweats, socks, slippers... Um, a t-shirt and a heavy wool sweater. Yes. Um, Ditto. <laughs> so you heat the rooms you're in in Italy, and most of your house stays cold in the winter because you don't really go into those rooms. So our kitchen we would heat, but the kitchen has a huge door that leads out to another small room where our refrigerator is, and like an entry room, and then outside. And, and our, then all the way up to the hallway. So it's just this huge kind of windsucker effect. And the other side has a big arch, which goes into the, into the dining room. So there's two huge holes without a door. There's no door to close. So it took us getting big sheets of plastic think meat locker <laughs> what would you say yeah so we, uh, we 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 hung finally year five we hung uh plastic sheeting in the arch and in the doorway and it's and it's toasty beautiful oh, we it's co- you come perfect. in in the morning and the room is still warm from the fire the night before you used to be able to see your breath in here jason couldn't even finish making like pasta and vegetables because by the time, as soon as the pasta was done, the vegetables were already cold sitting there for two seconds. And it was, it was horribly hard. And now it's like, oh my God, two sheets of plastic and our life is so nice and warm in here. Yep. 10 euro worth of plastic and we're good to go. But such as living in the countryside, we have no... It's just interesting to mention. People don't think about what it's really like. Once you get the stone house heated up, it stays... Think of like a hearth, a fireplace. It kind of The, the stone kind of holds the heat, but... Our, we have no insulation. The only insulation is the meter thick walls that um, keep the either keep the cool hold the cool in the summer or hold the heat in the winter. And literally, the only heat source is the wood from the fireplace. Yeah. Well, we have a we do have a heating system, but it it sucks down uh, liquid petroleum like it's going out of style. So it's not efficient to heat that way at all. No, and in our little place, we have our little pot belly stove. Which works great. Mm-hmm. So wood is what you burn out here, and it's the cheapest form of energy, and it's everywhere. So 
and you touch it 150 times. Yes. Okay, well, on to more ex- more uh, exciting and interesting things. We were gone from Italy. We took a little break and got out of here and went to warmer weather and then came back and got our head colds, as you can hear. But um, it takes leaving Italy to realize how much you love it and how much you miss it and how things that you take for it granted every day. It doesn't take leaving it, but it helps you, remind you. It reminds you. So what were the things that you missed most of all leaving Italy that you couldn't get? Well, besides the view out of our front door, which is just spectacular, um, coffee, what would you say? Oh man, Coffee. It was, that was hard. We, it, we kind of were joking and even took a little video footage having our last cafe in uh, Bologna before we left. And I almost now want to put the music behind it. Dun, dun, dun. Or like, well, it was horrible. We arrive and it's, it's instant. It's, it's just terrible. When you wake up and you get to have this beautiful cappuccino every morning that's rich and, and, Ton, and it's, Crema. Yeah, it's it's really strong coffee, and then you can't even. There's no remote possibility of having anything like that. Which it just. Then we found a place to have Cuban coffee, and we thought, oh, this well, this is good. This is good. This is something different. At least it's not instant. And that was such a freaking production at this little restaurant for how long it took. Jason ended up getting upset and leaving. And everything. So. Getting a proper cafe was just not a possibility. Uh, vegetables. They, we do not have... We're very, very lucky because the selection and quality of the vegetables, even at the crappiest little supermarket here in Italy, um, you know, leaving that and seeing terrible-looking vegetables and, like, all there is is carrots and celery and... Uh, not even celery. I never saw celery. Carrots and cabbage and potatoes and that's it. Um... I miss vegetables a lot, especially green leafy vegetables. What else? What else from did you miss from the motherland? <laughs> um, sausages. The meats. <laughs> Only because now that we're doing them, which we'll talk about later. But oh, and man. the Italian people. I you Italian people are great and There's they're a interesting. In the eye. Yeah, there's there's interesting. I love when they yell at each other. I love when and I love when everyone is friendly. It's just I really miss this place. There's something I can't. People, uh, who was asking me because I was telling them that when we were on holiday. Maybe Emma. Maybe and uh, asked me what is it and the, I can't describe it. It's just this feeling. It just fits for me. So. I did miss Italy. Thank you, Italia. I'm back and very much, very, very happy. Well, I think we realized for us this is definitely home. Definitely. Very much so. Mm-hmm. But being gone from Italy for more than a couple of weeks, what did we miss? What were the winter happenings that we missed? Oh, well, we missed the Presepe Vivante. What is The that? living nativity scene, which we were in and part of last year, and I was so excited. And we volunteered to be in it this year, but then we were gone, so... Whew, next year, we've got to be back in. And it's when they, uh, in Piobico, and actually many towns all across Italy, they open up the little cantinas in the old part of town and reenact scenes from Jesus' life or times. And there's always a baby Jesus by the youngest born, the newest born in Piobico. That whole family is baby Jesus and co. And <laughs> 
Uh, also, we missed this year um, the festival of Sant Antonio Abate, and he is the saint, patron saint of animals. And uh, they take all, well, everyone in the town of Piobico, every town I think, brings all their animals to be blessed uh, by the by the priest. It's a sight to see. It's hysterical from birds and dogs. Like you'd think, oh, your little domestic uh, pets and something like, oh, and he brought his parakeet. That's funny. To shepherds with their sheep? Um, cows, uh, new cows, horses, pigs, um, goats, uh, donkeys, you name it, it's there, it's hysterical. Mm -hmm. we should, we'll um, try to get some pictures from some people in the Proloco. If you're on Facebook and you go to the Piobico Proloco site, there's uh, photos from our village. And it's, it's hysterical, and I'm sad we missed that one. Mm-hmm. But coming up here, uh, the middle of February, we will get to go to the Festa di Padellari. What, what is a Padellaro? That's someone who pans their shot. And last year on our podcast, we talked about this because we couldn't figure out what the hell this meant. And we were asking everyone, because it's like a saying. You panned it. Which you panned it. Which means you missed. It was really hard for someone to explain this. And so what this event is, is it's at the uh, sports complex in Piobico, like in the big gym, and the hunters who missed their shots, who weren't very good this year, they put on the dinner for the rest of the town, correct? Yeah, and it's going to have boar on the menu, definitely, and it's a lot of fun, and every, this is the one last year where oh everyone danced, did waltzing in perfect synchronization. Yes, and we tried to join in, and they asked us, to, so we were like pushed out of the circle to leave, I mean, they were in... It was pretty impressive. It was. <laughs> I know. I'll just never forget the hunter with the handlebar mustache who was out there just like perfect form and everything. And we were approached separately by like three different people saying, huh, if you would uh, like to exchange English lessons with dance lessons, let us know. Or just saying, oh, if you would, if you're ever interested in dance lessons, I'd be happy to share some tips. So I guess they were not approving of our No, ones. no. They'd be horrified to know I'd have done music. <laughs> <laughs> but since we've been back, we have been working hard. We uh, yes, are working. Yes, we've been working really hard. Yes, I got a sausage, This the all the equipment for making sausages. Every year. We talked about it. We did talk about it <laughs> last year. We one. put the picture up. Okay, good. Um, we go and make it with Vittorio and um, a friend of the doctor's, and uh, we did it again this year and went and made it with him. But now I have all my own equipment, so we're getting. I've been cleaning up this, the the uh, the grinding machine. I got all the rust off the parts and and really worked hard. It looks great. I have to paint it and just put it. Any good tips together. for uh, DIYers out there, do-it-yourselfers who oh, are yes. listening? If you have rust on metal, um, vinegar. I, you soak it, get a bowl, fill it up. Vinegar super cheap. Fill it up with vinegar and drop all the pieces in there. And it comes off super duper easy. And the thing that I read, which we might try, of putting all those little pieces into, like, a bucket of rice. Oh, yeah. We have so much, hum like, humidity in the air, it would be difficult to keep it... You could also just stick it in a... Well, you have to dry it real good. Did you notice how after we were done using all the parts and washed them, he put them in the oven and dried mm -hmm. them off? I thought that was a good idea, That too. is a good idea. So, yes, um, uh, the the um, the vinegar softens the rust. It won't take it away, but then all you need is a little wire brush, and it comes up. 
Beautifully. You went through, have you gone through two wire brushes? I've gone through two wire brushes and four of the little spinny ones that go on the drill. The ones that are a brush that spin on the drill. Lots of surface area to clean. But it's almost done and I'm really excited. And we have our friend Malud coming down from Zurich at the end of uh, middle of next week. And we're going to make sausages. Make more sausages. Make more. We have 90 kilos of of sausages and salami hanging in our... Uh, third bedroom, or third bedroom, third apartment, a hundred, 200 pounds, 198 pounds. That's crazy. It is like a freaking meat locker up there. It's, we've never had this much meat hanging up there at once. And there's still more to come when we make some for, with Malud. And we have to make some for uh, Chris and Teresa, mm-hmm. and we have to make some for someone else. Carolyn and Luke. Carolyn and Luke and Fat Zach. So how many more kilos are we going to make? I don't know. But you said you want to get creative this time. Well, the Vittorio and Gaggi are... Okay, the, first of all, let's go back. back. It up. Let's back it up. Let's back it up to your sausage making, because that's what you did first. Okay, so sausages... So all this stuff is very, very simple. It's all done with the pork shoulder. It's all pork shoulder. And you just take the shoulder and you grind it up. For the salamis to dry them, you need 3.5% salt. So that means for every kilo, you add... 35 grams of salt. And for sausages? 30 grams. Okay. So one kilo, 30 grams of salt. And this is for when you cure them. Now, if you're going to eat the sausages fresh, you probably only put 28, 27 grams of salt per kilo of meat. Just because you need a higher salinity content for because it's going to dry in the, in, in the open air. Side note. Glad you took a breath. <laughs> you will end up eating them fresh and grilled. Oh yeah, we ate them for four days straight, and then yes. we, we we. So I'm gonna say out. from taste experience, and this is thorough experience. The little extra salt for the curing it does not affect the flavor once it's hit the grill. It's still absolutely it's still delicious. delicious. Yes. Um, Did not deter me from eating those, like you said, for four days in a row. Sausages take three to four weeks to dry salamis, like six to eight, depending on how big they are. We have some big boys up there now. You know what was really cool? I was noticing last night, we were hanging up the salamis, and the sausages have been drying up there for almost a week exactly, to to notice the difference in color. Yeah. Like they get really dark. They're getting dark so fast. As the moisture goes mm-hmm. away. But you just really noticed how white and pink the uh, the fresh sausage, or salamis were next to it. It was really kind of cool. I thought, ooh. So we hang them from, I, I know we've been over this before, but we put bamboo pole, We put bamboo poles hanging from the rafters and hang the salamis and sausages off hooks. And then... Um, and they need to not touch. They can't touch each other. And every three or four days I go and move the uh, the sausages are on big link, you know, big long links. <laughs> Someone called it a meat chandelier. <laughs> meat cha- so you have to move them every three or four days because when they're hanging, some of the <laughs> sausages do touch each other. So you just keep it moving. But it's a lot of fun. It's dangerous. It smells good up there. It does smell good. Oh, and so explain the windows. So the wind, we do it in the middle of the winter because... On we, the second floor. We leave the windows open in the room, and that creates a cross-flow of air, and um, that slowly dries the salamis and the sausages. You only could do it this time of year because if you do it in the spring, summer, or fall, where the air temperature is warmer, then it dries too quickly, and it creates something bad bacteria. I don't know. But everyone does their salamis and sausages. When you do it in the home... Um, 
between December and February. Mm-hmm. And we don't put any sort of... No nitrates, no saltpeter, none of that crap. It's literally ground up pork shoulder, salt, pepper, a little white wine, and some, you know, whatever other spices or whatever you want to put in it. But no saltpeter, no pink salt, no... I don't know. There's been a lot of questions about that crap. It's You do not need that if you're using pork that you got from a, you know, if it's not industrial pork, you can definitely do it with that. Are you ready to talk about Gachi? Oh my god, baby. <laughs> He's been a disaster. So, let, we should say, first of all, before we even went on vacation, he was busting our chops saying, oh, well, you know, you probably won't even be making sausages this year because you'll be out of town. Yeah, you you'll know? be out of town. You decided to take this long vacation, so I guess you don't want sausages this year. And it was like... Hold your horses. We do them every year at the end of January. We'll be back. We'll be back. Relax. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. The you know full moon might not be right. And it was just like, okay, relax. So we already were coming into it with him not being thrilled <laughs> that we were on vacation. Except when we were grounded back in Bondi, not doing anything. And so then Jason is restoring this uh, meat. Grinder station, uh, so I, buying all the parts. I got this though. Oh, the yeah. whole thing from this little old lady, and in uh, by who lives next door to one of our friends who lives in the wine, uh, the Marchegiani wine country, and um, it was totally rusted out and totally, you know, looked. looked the bones were there, but it was rusted out. He takes one look at. Oh, you wasted your money. Look at this thing. Butta soldi. Butta soldi so, wasted money, and uh, so now that I'm getting it all cleaned up, he's like, okay, okay. He hasn't said anything, but... And then I bought the, um, it's oh called an insacatrice. It's this metal, it's the stainless steel tube with a nipple on the end and a crank that you put the sausage meat into, and you put the casings over the nipple, and then the meat comes out of the out of the nipple and fills up the sausages. The one that I got with this this old one I bought was totally, it's just ruined. So I had to buy a brand new one. And, um... When I did, he looked at... First of all, it's enormous. He bought, like, the 10 kilo. Oh, yeah, I, I bought the two big, big, bigger than what I needed, of course. But he looks at it, he goes... He's very worried that I'm, uh, uh um... Going to do this on your own? Yeah, that I'm going to do it on my own. That and, you're breaking yeah, away? Oh, you, do, you made sausages and salamis one time, and now you think you know what you're doing. It's... Doctor, we've made them every year with you for the past four years. What are you talking about? We've made them... This is our fifth year doing them. And then he says, Oh, okay, so you go to the grocery store and you ask for the intestines. Do you know how many to ask for? Do you have a clue? The casings? Do you know how, how many casings? I said, well, one ha- uh, matzah, a hand, uh, like a bunch, should be enough for 20 to 25 kilos of meat. That, that was right. He was silent. silent. <laughs> Didn't like that answer because it was the right one. Then he says, then he goes, so, huh, he kind of does his grunt as he's smoking his tree branch, and he says, um, what does he say then? He goes, you don't, even, you don't even know the type of pepper grind we use. Yeah, yeah. How do you know how far in our course to grind the pepper? You know, we, we had to be in Victoria. We spent, and I know they probably did. We had a whole discussion about discussion this. About we the were examining the pepper. the pepper before you even got there. So you don't even know about the pepper grind. <laughs> and then anytime Jason suggests adding fennel, which 
Hello, they do in Tuscany, 45 minutes away. So this they is add not fennel some seed, sort or of, they'll add pepperoncini, the little pepper flakes, instead of but black pepper. We're not like coming up with some crazy recipe that you know I just from said, Timbuktu. Well, what if we did something different? Uh, he goes, "Well, you like the sausages we make with Victoria, right?" Yes, of course. <laughs> so why would you change them? <laughs> They're delicious the way they are. We keep it that way. Discussion is over. It's so funny. Like he is just. A, Open and close. He's very <laughs> worried that, I, that now I don't... I, I don't know. Do you think he thinks that I won't need him to... Uh-huh. But we'll do it together. Now we just don't have to borrow poor Vittorio, who's... 80-something years 80 old. 80-something years old, and we come, you know, we come on a, on a Wednesday and say, all right, you ready to make over 100 pounds of salami today? <laughs> and we... Sh- God, she shows up at God knows what time. We show up at 8... Oh. But it was it's a lot of fun. It's 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 funny and um if you have, anyone has any questions or anything about making them um just shoot us an email. I lo- I love to I'm really on a making sausage and salami kick. So it's what I've been doing lately. <laughs> it's what I've been doing. Well, that's what everyone out here's been doing. It's cool. It's the, that time that's, of year. The, all the cool kids are doing it. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. Uh, I was getting ready this morning to start the day. Sicilian blood oranges are just starting. Mm. A big glass of blood red orange juice every morning. A wonderful, wonderful start to winter's day. But as we sit here and drink our juice, let's do our word of the week. Yes, I think it is only fitting in uh, what has been going on in Italy this week for the word of the week. Go ahead, sorry. Is... Sciopero. Sciopero? What's sciopero? Che It is to strike. <laughs> oh my god. In case you haven't picked up a newspaper, um, Europe's in a little bit of trouble these days. And we usually don't talk politics or what's going on on the podcast because we keep it lighter. But Italy has been on strike. The fishermen went on strike. The port workers, uh, the longshoremen went on strike. The um, truck drivers went on strike. The pharmacists went on strike. The bank went on strike. Who else? It's like anyone who wanted to out here. Basically. And this was, this is the week of everyone going on strike. So, I hope no one had to travel to Italy or around Italy the last few days. But it's been interesting to see everyone's uh, different perspective. And, and um, everything's gone up in Italy in price a lot. Gas. Gas has gone up 20%, and uh, cost of everything from food and gas and, and to taxes and um, our the uh, pension contributions, and yeah, it's been crazy. You take off for a few weeks and come back, and it's like, holy crap, it's a whole new, it's a whole new world. Everything got really expensive all of a sudden. But, say it again. Sciopero. Sciopero. To go, uh, to strike. Yes. Alright, bring us home. I'm ready to take this dog on a walk. I know, it's, but it only warmed up one degree. Negative oh, ten. Oh, it's <laughs> negative ten now. Awesome. Perfect temperatures for walkies. <laughs> yes. Alright, so on to the Candelier on Little Valley we go. Um, if you guys, if anyone is looking for us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, our blog, or our website, and we are Latavola Marque, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E dot com. 
And if you would um, like to, please leave a comment or a rating on iTunes where you pick this up. That'd be great. It really helps us get out there and get our name. And if you have any questions or comments or you'd like us to talk about something, you can email us at info at latavolamarque.com. Yep, or just um, put it on the blog as a comment or something and we'll reply. Excellent. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Have a wonderful day. And from frozen, frozen central Italy... It's the Inconsistent Podcast from Italy. It's the Inconsistent Podcast from Italy. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.